I, I want you to go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about the receiving side today. That's where I've been trying to get for four weeks. And I feel like we might be able to get there today, but we'll see where we end up. Amen? Y'all happy with that? Are y'all here today? <laughs> okay. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. Let's start at uh, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Say free. Free. Talked about freedom last week. Uh, Strongholds. Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again. Say again. With the yoke of bondage. Now, if Jesus is saying, do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, wouldn't you think that's kind of important? And what we do is we think we can flirt just enough with the world and with what we used to be and what we used to do to just kind of keep our foot in and out. I, I'm not the kind of guy that's super religious and, and thinks that, that uh, you know, every, every breath has to, breathe, has to be uh, about the word. However, every word has to be about the word. Y'all with me? All right, all right. I see y'all gonna be tight today. I'm gonna have to bring it hard. <laughs> So let's read that again. Stand fast, therefore, Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We're going to read that in the Amplified real quick, one. You put that up there for me. Y'all, I'll read this off the screen with me unless you have an Amplified. It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject again to a yoke of slavery which you once removed, which you once removed. Which you once removed. We blame the devil for a lot, but you don't want to put it back on. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm really tiptoeing with this today because I don't want to come off super religious, but I think in this world of, of, of free living that we've really got over into the place that we're missing, there is a standard. And that standard is not behavior. That standard is a standard of faith and a standard of position and a standard of understanding. And as you move into those things, behavior fixes itself. We, we, we spend way too much time. The church, by and large, is in a love affair. And, and, and it's in a love affair with punishment. The church loves to punish people. Oh, you failed. You did this. You did that. We love to bring up your past. We love to throw it in your face. We love to remind you. We love to do this. We love to do that. You do realize that's what Satan does, right? Y'all realize that you're preaching his gospel. So what our job is to do is very simple. It's to receive what he's saying to us where we are. You are, listen to me, everybody right here. Listen, I'm fixing to set all y'all free. It ain't your job to get nothing from the sermon for somebody else. You need to quit trying to fix people because I know y'all business and y'all can't fix yourself and, and, and why are you trying to fix others? And, and we, we live this life like we understand all of these. I love it in a very facetious way. I love it when I'm talking with somebody and they're like, yeah, yeah. And I tell them what the Lord said to me and, or tell them whatever I think they need to hear as far as a pastoral care situation and all these things. And they're yeah, 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 I know that. So why am I not at home with my kids then? 
if you know that. Well, I do know. I just, you know, I just didn't, you know, well, pastor, you know. No, I don't know. See, because this is life and death, whether you know it or not. No, I'm not the guy that's going to say, if you don't get saved today, you might get killed in a car wreck on the way home. That is possible. It is very, very possible. However, I don't want you to get saved because of fear. I want you to receive what we have. Jesus is a gift, and that gift gives you freedom. Christ sets you free, completely liberated. I've never personally worn a girdle, but I've heard horror stories. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what he just said. But I have heard stories from my grandmother how she was completely liberated after church. <laughs> now, I personally have no idea what that would feel like. I have been a drug addict. And I know what it's like to fight for every breath, for her to lift my head up so my lungs will take air in. And to wake up one day in Christ, in Christ, not just in church, but in Christ, and to never have to worry about that another day in my life. Amen. That is liberating. It's very freeing to know that. Now, this is very real to me. Completely liberated, therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject to get, I refuse. Go back to the King James. I refuse to put my neck back in the yoke, period. See, we don't understand what this means unto the yoke of bondage, we don't understand. We're not in agricultural society anymore. We're all technologically advanced and, and nobody even really has a Bible anymore. You bring it out of courtesy, but you read your phone. And the truth is this. When the word yoke is used in the Bible, it is very vivid and it's very strong. And what it's saying to you is it is the very thing of the wooden stocks that were put on oxen to pull people through the fields. You are putting your head back into something that they lock you in and something else drives you around. When you understand what yoke really means, when you understand what bondage really is, you will stop all this stuff of flirting with one side and flirting with the other. You will get fully in Christ and realize you may not be perfect, but you can be perfected. Yeah. Oh, y'all with me? Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's saying, hey, don't do it. Now, listen, this ain't like your daddy. See, because dad and moms are different. See, like we had a bunch of kids. We got grandkids now. And, and if Grayson came up here and there was an open wire right over here on this, this tree and she's going to touch it, mom would be like, Destiny, April, they would all be like, don't you do that. You know what dads would do? Let them touch it. <laughs> Never touch it again. <laughs> Lick it. You know, that's, that's what we do. You know why? It'll make a mark. But God being more wise than us <laughs> says do not, do not be entangled again. Don't try it. Don't touch it. Don't flirt with it. Don't call its name. Don't glorify it. Don't speak it. Don't give it any power. Don't think about it. Just don't. Now that sounds easy. There's nothing easy about that. The Bible says that you have to renew your mind daily, that every day you have to wake up and put yourself in him. See this, the, the, you know why the church is, y'all, we're gonna save this message for next week. Here we go, we're going somewhere else now. I need to stop just writing notes. Um, 
the church today has a very bad rap because we are Christians that only act like Christians at church. That's real. That's real. Because, because if, you know, if, we're, if we're out at the restaurant or if we're out doing this or, or something just aggravates or something gets under our skin, we, we're just, you know, we're, we're our old self. We're, now, we're saved. Thank God we're going to heaven. But what influence? What are you showing people? You're showing people that you have a salvation policy, but you aren't free. And when you experience freedom, man, you fall in love with that freedom. You fall in love with who he is. When you really experience it, you understand that he is there to keep you free. He's there. The Bible says, we talked about it last week. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Now listen, when you put yourself in a position that you want to be free, there's always the temptation to get back into whatever it was you were doing before when the high fades. Now look, I'm just going to tell, my, tell a little bit of my story again today. I've been doing that the last few weeks. What little bit of church I went to, I was a Baptist kid. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not knocking that. I mean, I, I learned about Jesus. I did. I was very happy. To, Teddy Turrentine was my youth pastor. He's a pastor of Friendship Baptist Church at Grand Bay right now. And I went just long enough to get offended at 10 years old. <laughs> and if you don't think that happens, you're wrong. I went just long enough at 10 years old to get offended. Then my, my father passed away at tw when I was 12. They, Brother Robbie was the pastor at that time, and some things happened at his funeral and were said about his character that as a 12-year-old boy I didn't like, and I got offended, and I was done. 12 years old. So I was, you got to understand how quickly offense works in your life. 12 years old, I was done. Didn't go back to church until I met her. And she, was, she snores in tongues, y'all. She, she was born praying in the Holy Ghost. And she took me to a Holy Ghost meeting. Perry Stone, you ever heard of Perry Stone? She took me to a Holy Ghost man. I thought, I thought it was all crazy. And my life changed that night. Everything turned around. We're not going to go through that whole story. But my life turned around that night. I never experienced Pentecost before, never experienced people praying in the Holy Ghost and all that craziness and baby slinging revivals and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I get up out of the floor after 45 minutes of laying in the floor and I'm completely different. Never did drugs, none of that. But, but the mind the mental battle, always dealing with something. And this is, can I, I'm just gonna say this because what we like to do is we like to talk about addiction in the sense of drugs. Do you understand that the reason we use addiction as, as akin to drugs or alcohol or anything like that is because that is not socially acceptable for somebody to be addicted to those things. You realize you can be addicted to drama? You can be addicted to gossip? Watch out, church people. You can be addicted to making fun of somebody. Easy now. You, you can be addicted to what you, whatever it is your vice is, but because those things are socially acceptable because you're hiding behind your phone. Cowards. Cowards. Send me messages on Facebook. Cowards. You got a problem with me, come talk to me. But here's the thing. You get addicted to what it is you want. If it is outside of Christ, it shouldn't be spiritually acceptable whether it's socially acceptable or not. Amen. See, I just made up my mind that, that I wasn't going to do drugs anymore. I, I'd had this encounter. I experienced this freedom. Something in me was different. But there was this mental battle that I had to make up my mind. Go back to the Amplified. <clears throat> 
It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating, therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery, which who? You. You have a decision in this thing. This whole God's in control stuff, y'all please pull that out of your vocabulary. It's not real. That's churchy stuff and that's not real. It's not real. Because if God was in control, why don't you have pain in your life? I mean, it just, it just, it amazes me the lack of common sense people have. Well, God's in control. Really? So you can just go 90 miles an hour the wrong way of the highway, but he's in control. It's all good. No, no, no. It's not how this thing works. God is only control of the life of a believer when he puts their word in action. That is the only way it works. And you have to get the word in you. You have to be in Christ. You have to say things the way he's saying them. And this is where people struggle. You have to spend enough time with him to know what he's talking to you about and stop using other people's stories. People are building entire ministries on other people's miracles. And God wants you to have your own and experience your own and encounter your own. He wants you to have that moment with him that you can always go back to. My moment with the Lord was not in that church laying on that floor. My moment with the Lord is sitting in my bathroom, reading my Bible, fighting, going and getting high. That's where I met him. I mean, I understood who he was and I gave him my life and I asked him to enter my heart. But where I met him was in his word. Because he taught me how to stay free. And to get to a place where I could stay right here, where the yoke of slavery, which I once removed. How did I remove it? By casting the whole of my care on him. First Peter 5 and 7, because he cares for me. I'm convinced that church people don't believe God cares about them. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we really believe that anymore. I think, I think we just do church because it's what we do. We're in the Bible Belt. You're supposed to go to church. I mean, I've been baptized 17 times. Grandmama coming to church. Yo, you get baptized. You know, that kind of thing. But, 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 it, but it becomes culture. It, it becomes what we do. And my Lord, I've been in a Pentecostal church. I was, in, I was trained in the church of God. Uh, and I'm not knocking that denomination. But I understand what it's like to be trained in something where you're expected to perform instead of the Holy Ghost move. And, and if the Holy Ghost is moving in a, what's called, what we call a soaking service where it's quiet and you're just receiving, man, you get kicked out. You, you can't do that. You got to blow it out, son. No, no, no. How about let him do, it's his church. You're his. This is just a building. There, there are times when I talk to my kids and I'll say, now what do you think about what I just said? And the response is usually, I don't know. You, so you didn't hear anything I just said, you don't know. Do you understand that is where the church is? I, I'm going to say something, and I don't mean to be offensive, but, but I, I really wanna, I want you to, to, to hear clear what I want to say here. Every person in this room has heard a mountain of messages through monster preachers. And I'm monster in a good way. Just we've all, this day and time with the internet, with CDs and deep, you've all heard amazing messages. Can you point to one that you let get in you or is it just time to turn the TV on? We don't know God anymore. We know church. We, we know how to do church. We know how to find our favorite preacher. And listen, there's nothing worse, nothing worse than to find your favorite preacher. And if he's not preaching what you like, Go fix a pork chop. Just turn him off. Y'all, don't act like y'all don't do that. I know y'all. 
you talking a lot this morning. <laughs> now, I want to say this. When Jesus told his disciples to push out, they've been fishing all night. And he said, just push out. Let's go on out. And they were complaining and blah, 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 and I'm tired. And, but at your word, that's what they said. Simon Peter said, but Lord, at your word. And he pushed out. Now, y'all got to understand this story. We, we, we teach this, and we just teach it real fast. But let's, let's really break this down. They threw out the nets. Jesus said, throw out on the right side. Now, you really need to do some research. Because the word right there in the Hebrew, he said, throw out on the receiving side. So they tossed their nets out on the side that he told them to throw out on. And the Bible says they pull up so much that their nets begin to break. Now, we teach stuff like this. We teach, well, they used the old nets and the nets started breaking. I don't believe that. I, I believe there was so much abundance that, that the nets couldn't hold it because the Bible said that all the other ships had to come help. I'm, I, I grew up shrimping, okay, so I understand how shrimping works. So most of the time, it's more than one boat and more than one captain connecting and then working together. And listen, when one person in your life or in your family gets it and begins to come up, all the boats come up. If you're in Christ, but if you're just preaching what somebody else preaches, you're just using words, not the word. And the Bible says that, that they all had to work together. And the Bible says that Simon Peter threw himself before the Lord, and he said, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And he told him to get up, all is well, and all these things, right? We all know this story, correct? Then this wonderful thing happens called the crucifixion. Jesus was crucified, gone. Then all of a sudden, what does Simon Peter do? He goes fishing. He goes back to the thing he was doing before the ministry. It's very dangerous to go back to what is old. Very, very dangerous. And the Bible says that Jesus, before he ascended at this time, was just walking around, and he saw them fishing. He yelled out to them, say, hey, what's, what are y'all doing? He said, Lord, we're fishing. And they came in, and Jesus had a fire, and they're going to eat two-piece fish dinner. You know, he went to Captain D's. Now, listen to me now. Simon Peter, the Bible says, had to gird himself because he was naked. And he said, Lord, forgive me for I'm sinful. Jesus said, clothe yourself. Your sins are forgiven. The first time, he never even acknowledged it because he was covered. The second time, Peter had pulled himself away from what he was called to, was completely underneath any covering of ministry he was set under and was open for the attack of the enemy. This is why it was so important for Jesus to get him to understand the enemy is trying to sift you. Because he was called to do something amazing. He was called to open up the door to Pentecost. He was called to be the strong voice. He was called to be a strong person. He was called to say what the, you got to understand how powerful you are. You have been given the amazing position to stand before people and talk about God and stand before God and talk about people. Do you understand who you are? Because You know why you don't? You know why every one of y'all just looked at me like a cow looking at a gate? Because you don't know your identity. Yes. You don't know. 
If you knew your identity, you wouldn't beg others to pray for you. Amen. You would just deal with it. If you knew your identity, if you knew who you were in him, the words that come out of you wouldn't have to be fixed. If you knew, if you really knew what freedom was, you would be deep in him and what came out of you would be what he says and everything would hear God. That's how God's in control. But most people aren't there. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm saying we have to get there. Jesus is talking to us and he's telling us, it's time for you to throw your nets on the other side. It's time for you to start receiving. How do you receive? You have to take it as if it is yours. If I walk up to April and I have a $100 bill and I said, look, I just want to give this to you. She ain't got no problem with receiving, Charlie. She'll take that $100. She will. Not, not because, yeah, amen, she should because I'm giving it to her, right? You ever try to give something to somebody and they're like, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. No, no, no. They don't have receive. You better not tell me you're going to give me some. It's, it's mine. I don't care if it's in the car or not. It's, you better go get it. It's mine. You know why? Because you said, are y'all listening? Because you said it's yours. I'm gonna take it, it's mine. Now let me ask you a question. What in your life do you receive that you shouldn't? How many times are you talking about your cold? I got the flu. I'm broke. My house droppeth through. You got to get in the Old Testament to find that one. This woman you gave me, Lord. I mean, how many times you say that? This, this man, I, Lord. First Peter 5, put, put, go up First Peter 5 and 7. I'm going to show y'all how easy this is. First Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care on him because he cares for you. Put it in the Amplified. Casting all of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries. How many, how many of you, your children, your spouse, your family, your job, how many of y'all fall under just those first few? Casting all of your anxieties and worries and your concerns. Now he's giving you a bigger picture. Once and for what? You know what the Hebrew says? All. <laughs> Still all. All. Which is a really good word for Period. Now, I'm just going to pull back the curtain, and, 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 and some of y'all are, are home folks, some of y'all are visitors, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and apologize if I offend you right out of the gate. But I am so sick and tired. No, I shouldn't say that. I am so doggone tired of performing preachers. I am so tired of going somewhere just to hear somebody. I need to hear God. And when it's about the growth of your church or it's about my ministry or my name has to be on everything or, or, or Tyler Perry presents, you know, whatever, you gotta, you gotta be the man now. You've just put yourself in control of everything. I go, I go places and, and, and I love, I've got great men of God in my life that I love to listen to and I got people that I'm mentors under and I call them and I take their correction and I listen to them. But then I have people that it's entertaining to listen to them preach, but are they really ministering to me or am I just eating ice cream every day? See, because what we're doing is we're getting to where the church really has a heart problem, not because we're bad people, because of what we eat. See, when you have a heart problem, Lots of things begin to happen inside of your body. 
When you have a heart problem, you, your energy goes away, dead churches. When you have a heart problem, you put on, you, you know, it's, it's everything, everything is really about you. It becomes about the show. When you have a heart problem, you put yourself in a situation that it's really more about what you're doing. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to spot a heart problem in a heartbeat. That you're in a conversation with somebody and everything seems to go back to what they're doing. It's very frustrating to talk to those people. Because they're not listening to you. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you know they're not listening to you? They're just waiting on you to take a breath so they can talk. Heart problems. Those people have heart problems. Because it's not, a, it's really, their, their focus is off. So now look at this again. Casting all of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, and all of your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you, look, with the deepest affection. And look at this. And watches over you, say me, me. carefully. Amen. He ain't shocked. He's always talking to you. Always talking to you. You're just not always listening. You're not on the receiving side. You cannot, there's this term in the church, and especially if, you, if you, you're in the Pentecostal world, there's this term that we like to use, the, the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. We like to do that. Um, I personally don't like those terms, but it is what we use. And, and, and do I believe those things are real? Yeah, I think grace is a real thing. But my strive is to always be in his perfect will. Because I have missed it. I have failed. I have done things wrong. I have said things wrong. I have preached things wrong. I've ministered to people wrong. And I've done all those things. But I've never done it with a bad heart. I've just done it out of not listening properly. See, the thing is this. God has called you to a place to receive him and to receive him fully. He wants you to be the one that prays for the sick. The Bible says that signs and wonders follow after the preachers. That's not what it says. Signs and wonders follow after them that what? Go to church on Sunday. Take your Bible. Your Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. Your Bible. I got no problem with electronics. I just love to make fun of people. So when you put yourself in a position that you're hearing God, you, listen, listen, please listen. The do you think they pull all those fish into the boats, not just the boat, but the boats, to just let them lay there and rot? No, do you understand? Do some research. The amount of fish that they pulled in in one moment paid the salary for everybody the rest of the year. One moment did that. If God is speaking to you and you're on the receiving side, what he's giving you will carry you for a lifetime. But you've got to understand he's giving you something and he's trusting you with the stewardship of it. They were given the fish. Jesus didn't stand over them and make sure they took it to the processing plant. He didn't pull this one out and say, you better mount that one. No, no, no. He, he gave. And when he gave, he let go. And said, do with this with the wisdom I put in you. Do it. Just do it. All of you have been given something from the Lord. All of you have, whether you know it or not. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know anything about all this. Now's the time. Amen. You've been told something. Something on the inside of you burns, and you know there's something I need to accomplish, but how do I get there? You have to learn to get. Hey, here's something we've lost in this day and age. You have to get quiet. Listen, I have to. Uh, I got people around me that I love, and, and, and they, they will 
randomly at times come to me and say, time to put the Macs up, time to put the, the phone up, time to put the iPad up, time, time. just put it up, just put it up, because they know I need to get quiet. Because I, I'm very task-oriented. I have to be doing something. I have to be accomplishing. I hate lazy. I hate lazy. Have to be busy, busy, busy. But you can be busy and not accomplish anything. You ever seen a rocking chair? Busy. Ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and a lot of times I find myself doing spiritual rob, just rocking, but I'm not really accomplishing anything. And at that point, it's time to get quiet. You are here in this room because I got quiet. Just one year ago, one year ago, we could have fit everybody that came to this church on these three rows. We could have. Our stage is full because I learned to get quiet again. If you were here a year ago, it was a keyboard and I was on the drums or it was less, a little over a year ago, a little over a year ago, something like that. But it's just been in the last little while that all of a sudden God said, okay, now I can trust you a little further. But see, I'm ready to go to another level. I'm ready to receive more, which means it's time for me to get quiet more. Now, I'm failing at that. I'm going to be honest. I'm fighting that with everything in me because I love people. And when they call me, I want to answer. But do I love people more than I love him? Because he's calling me to a place that he wants me to listen. I don't want to be like Simon Peter. I don't want to be doing what I know but be uncovered. You have to be covered. You have to be. And I'm not talking about shepherding. Now, I, listen, let, let me clarify this because some of us are old enough to understand the shepherding movement. I don't know if any of you young people know what the shepherding movement was. Here, with a few back in the 80s and 90s, the shepherding movement was this. You got involved in a church so deep that the pastor had control over your finances. And you asked if you could finance your house. You asked if you could buy a car. You had to get permission from your pastor. That was called the shepherding movement. That wasn't Jesus. That wasn't Jesus. Jesus called us to be uh, leaders of a flock, but not to crawl around with them and tell them how to do their business. Our job is to give you wisdom, and that's it. I learned a long time ago that it is not my job to follow you home and make you live right. I got so much peace in my life when I did that, because I used to think it's my job to fix everybody. I thought I was going to have to fix a lady at McDonald's drive-thru. Drive-thru almost got me again last night, y'all. Thank God Seth was with me, who was the calmest of the, of the bunch. And I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my calm. And so I'm like, we'll just, we'll just drive off. It's just getting me now. I've got to breathe. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know, I pulled a kid through a drive-thru. Yeah, I know Sherry gets it. I, I honestly, can I just be honest with y'all? I thought that yoke was off me until 8.45 last night. And it was a chick. I'm like, no, I can't pull her through this window. Hey, go get that dude. Come here. I was, <laughs> but you know what? And, and here's, here's the thing. Now, please listen to what I'm about to say. The reason I was so easily ensnared, or thankfully I wasn't, but I did get aggravated. The reason I, reason I was so easily pulled into that is because God's calling me to be quiet and I've been busy. See, that's on me. So we blame the devil. Well, you know the devil. Y'all, when you, when you get to heaven and God allows you to see just how powerful he is, you're gonna be shocked at how much you let him run your life. Now, your attitude may be bad, but that ain't the devil, that's just you. That's all on you. Well, you know, yeah, preacher, I'm just, I'm, I was born this way. No, you weren't. No, you were born perfect and holy and pure. 
That's what you are. Now, you got messed up along the way. You added some stuff, and people added stuff and all, but you, it's your job to get clean and clear of that. It's your job to get quiet and get to a place where you know that you know that you know you're doing your best to hear what he's saying because it matters what he says to you because one instruction will change your entire life. Just one. We're trying to get this speech from God. You just need one instruction. That's all you need. Now, let me try to wrap this up real quick. <clears throat> now, go to, uh, go to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. I'm going to give you a minute to get there, and we're going to read real quick. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. These are my favorite scriptures in the world. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage. There's that word again. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father or Papa or Daddy or whatever intimate name uh, you have. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now verse 17 is clear. If you're children, then you're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Now, we used to do this on Wednesday night, every Wednesday night. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Now say that, heirs, of God. joint heirs, which means if Jesus did it, had it, said it, walked in it, you now have it, say it, can walk in it. And what you've got to understand is he died with the expectation you would do it. If, if he didn't expect you to do it, he wouldn't have had to die. Y'all, please understand what I'm trying to say to you. When he says that we may be also glorified together, that's not us together, that's you and him because you're supposed to be in him, glorifying him. People should see you at work and know there's something different about you. Amen. Not, you go to church? <laughs> I'm not even gonna look around and see who asked that question. Because what we... <laughs> that we may be glorified together. There ought to be something in you that makes people see something about you. When I first got saved, listen to me, I worked at Mastercraft on the loading dock. I ran quality control for a mattress factory and, and I was so radically changed that they thought I was running the game and I was knocking them out. <laughs> they thought I was setting, remember that? They thought I was setting them all up because I was so radically different, but they didn't understand because I didn't know how to articulate my faith. But man, all of a sudden they started realizing he talks different. He's saying different things. I didn't know everything, but what I knew is I'd run into something bigger than I was. You've got to get back to the place. Do you remember the moment? Do you remember the time? Do you remember that moment? Like I said, for me, it was in the bathroom where I got the word, but, but where is your moment? Where is that place that you received? Where is the place? Wherever it is for you, you need to get back there. We forget how awesome it was to be free in Christ. Some of you, depending on whatever background you come from, may not have experienced it fully because of the bondage religion will put on you. But the truth is, is you've got to find the place that if you're children of God, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer, say suffer, with him that we may be glorified together. I'm gonna deal with this word suffer. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm gonna deal with this word suffer, then we're gonna go. This word suffer is not what Jesus went through. This word suffer is not 
Uh, you know, God broke your arm so you can go, to the nur- uh, go see the nurse and w- witness to her about Jesus. Hey, let me tell you about my God. He twisted my arm till he broke it. I mean, do you understand how dumb that sounds? Well, God put me in this hospital with leukemia and cancer and emphysema and tuberculosis all at the same time so I could tell you about my good God. How dumb are we? That is not what he says. This word suffering is the mental anguish of learning a different system. If so that we suffer, if so that we have the mental anguish of learning how to live his way. That's what that means. If we suffer, if, if let's read it that way. If heirs of God join heirs of Christ, if it so be that we learn the different way, then we can be glorified together. He's called you to live the kingdom. Not to live in this world and be Christians. To live the kingdom. Do you understand you're an ambassador? You know what ambassadors have in this country? Diplomatic immunity. Y'all, this this offends me, but it's true. Do you understand that somebody that is an ambassador or a kid of an ambassador can commit murder or rape or anything and cannot be charged in this country because they have diplomatic immunity? If they can use it, why can't you use what the kingdom gave you? You have way more than diplomatic immunity. You have diplomatic authority. You can change your life. It will take time. It will take words. It will take your mind being adjusted to what he says. It will take a lot, but you can walk in something you've never seen before. Jeremiah, was it 33 and 3? Jeremiah 33. Matter of fact, Juan, put up Jeremiah 33 and 3. This was the scripture that changed April's life right here. If you ever hear her speak, I guarantee you this scripture will come out at some point. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. She said, I don't know what it's like to have peace. I don't know what it's like for somebody to love me. Some of y'all need to recognize what you don't have and start letting him show it to you. See, I didn't really know I needed freedom because up until I walked into that church that night, I thought I was fine. I love it when I sit with people and I deal with guys, especially people that are coming to the Becoming Center or whatever, and they give me these speeches on how fine they are. Well, if you're fine, why are you talking to me? Because I'm not special. My job is just to show you where love and freedom is. But here's the thing. God has called you to a place, listen to me now, that walking through the halls of a mall, walking through the aisles of Walmart, you should be able to watch miracles happen around you. Now, I don't know how you're going to get there. I know for me, it's quiet. I got to get quiet. But this is what God has called us to, to where he can answer us and show us great and mighty things. There are things y'all don't know anything about that you need to know. God really, 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 really wants to do things for you. Now, I'm going to make one last point, and then we're going to go home. To receive means that you mean to, you need to prefer one's self. To saturate yourself in the answer, to clothe yourself, to decide. If you've ever experienced, or you may be experiencing it now, the misery, and I do mean misery, of walking in the wrong calling, you'll want to fix that quick. 
because there is something about not understanding why things aren't working the right way. And sometimes you've got to get with God. And I'm just going to tell you something. I, had to, I, went, I went through this. I, I'm, I'm fixing to just pull the curtain back and be very honest. I, I was an armor bearer in a wonderful church. It was, you know, it was years ago. It was before the big explosion of the mega churches. It was one of the bigger churches at the time. And the choir was amazing and the people, it was just great. And I was an armor bearer and I was moving up in that system and, and things were going great for me. And God started talking to us about leaving all the milk and honey flowing and going to this little church up by the lake and being a youth pastor. And I fought that. You know why? Because things were going good for me. Now I want to say this. Things were going very good for me, but in here I was miserable. Miserable. Getting opportunities to preach on the stage, getting opportunity to teach classes. Uh, they were they were moving into a system where we were speaking to the team before uh, services and all these different things, all these speaking opportunities that I had always wanted. But I was so miserable on the inside. And God, finally, I finally relented. Finally, and said, "Okay, Lord, since you think you know stuff, <laughs> y'all might not talk to the Lord like that, but I do sometimes. <laughs> but all right, whatever. Since you know everything." And we picked up and we went down and we didn't stay. Remember the first time we stayed for about that long and then we went back. Remember? You know why? We went back fishing. We went back to what we were used to. And we were there less than six months. And God sent me right back to the same old little church. And I went down there and became the youth pastor down there and met people that changed my life forever. Changed the way we ministered to people changed the way we saw what ministry was and you ask me now if I was to stay in that system and have a, a 2,000 member church now or take that I'd take that you know why because I was peaceful I learned what love was it wasn't just y'all got to understand most of us and, and, and I, I, maybe I shouldn't tell y'all this but, but I, I'm, I'm going to it's not like I ever stop um, most of us preachers are egotistical and it's about how well we can move you and I learned in that setting because I had some frozen chosen children around me, I'll just tell you straight up. But I learned it was about loving them and showing them who Jesus was, not my amazing ability to preach. Because I thought I was something. I did. What y'all at? I did. I thought I was something. April said, you strutting around like a peacock up there. You remember that? You used to tell me that all the time. Of course, the way I dressed, I looked like it too. Shoot. Had a leather suit with yellow shoes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Had a lady, Betsy Bitsy, Addisville, Alabama, black lady. She took a picture of every suit I had. She said, my family don't believe there's a white man dressed like this. <laughs> you remember that? She had, a, she had a book. She had a book. She'd take it to family reunions. She would. It's true. You know why? And I, I want this to be the last thing you hear today. Because I was all about the art of ministry, not the heart of it. Stand your feet with me. Just bow your heads. <clears throat> Some of us in this room today need a heart surgery. Some of us in this room just need to remember that place with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm getting back to it. 
There's an old song that I used to love. It's not, it's not old to me, but it's probably old to these kids. It's, I'm getting back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. And then the lyric goes, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it, but it's all about you. Just take this moment right here, right now. This is your all about you moment, Lord. Church, just make it all about him. Just all about him. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for every person in this room. So many times we focus on the altar, we focus on laying hands on people, we focus on this show. And so many times you just want to minister to people right where they are. So Lord, I ask you right now as the pastor of this church, and as the shepherd of this flock, we don't want to go back fishing anymore. We want to live in your blessing. Proverbs 10 and 22 says the that, that, that we can walk in a supernatural prosperity and no sorrow is added to it. That's not just money. That's peace. That's that moment where your heart is meshed with me, with, meshed with him, where, where you can look at yourself and say, I'm good because I'm good with him. So Lord, right now, I pray that every person in this room gets back to that moment that it is all about you. Now look, everybody just keep your head bowed. The Lord just spoke to me very clearly. There are three people in this room, and I mean, <laughs> the Lord's not gonna let me pick you out, and I'm not gonna do that. I wouldn't do that anyway. But there are three very specific people in this room that you have been so tainted and stained and hurt, and you're so tired of ministry. Not ministering for the Lord, but the people have made it look bad. Or you've been hurt that's what it is. You've been hurt by people that swore they'd never hurt you. Whoever you are, and I don't need you to come up to this front. I just need you to know that the Holy Spirit said, just seek me again. Go back to that place with me and forget about them. Casting the whole of your care right now. Thank you, Jesus. Whoever you are, and I, I, like I said, I'm not calling you to the front because that's not my instruction. But you need to know that the Lord has stopped everything for me to tell you. Not only does he recognize what has happened to you, he is dealing with it his way. You don't need to put your mouth on it anymore. You don't need to talk it, about it anymore. You don't need to worry about it anymore. The Lord said, you let him deal with his people. But you come to him and let him fix you. Because, oh. Whoever you are, the Lord is taking this personal and that you are bringing into your life Mm. All I can hear is the word infection. You're infecting your life with the pain of what hurts you and you will hurt others if you don't stop yourself now. And whoever you are, I want to apologize to you on the behalf of ministry. 
But God said that was not an example of him. You're called to be an example of him. Let it all go. Pluck all the offense out. Pull it all out right now. Pull it out right now. Every bit of it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, you're starting to deal. There's one particular person in this three. You're starting to deal with some sickness. You're starting to deal with some things. And it seems small at the moment, but you know something's just not quite right. You need to pluck that offense out and watch your body heal up. Amen. Just, just watch it. God said, just fix it and watch it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you're comfortable, just lift your hands. Father, thank you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Don't let fear enter. Don't let fear enter. Whoever you are, don't let fear enter. Don't let fear enter. God's not mad at you. He didn't put the sickness on you. He's gonna, he's gonna teach you how to pull it out. Just let the offense go. Just let it go. God said you give them to him and let him fix it. They're his. Pastor, I don't know. I've never been anything like this before. It's all right. Ain't nobody gonna grab you and shake you. Just relax. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of offense in this room. And I thank you that as it goes Sickness goes with it. And from this point forward, freedom is at work. Because Jesus died. Jesus died as you, church, so you could live as him. Jesus didn't get offended. He didn't let it stay with him. He went off and prayed and he dealt with it and he came back and continued the ministry. And those three voices, those three people to hear my voice, it's time for you to go off, pray about it, come back and watch him continue the ministry in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I bless you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're just waiting on the Lord right now. We're just, just waiting. There's no, there's no need to do anything. Just, just rest in his presence. Just rest in his presence. There's some, there's some brick walls around people's hearts that are just being chipped away right now. Well, Pastor, we don't do church this way. This is not what I'm used to. Well, it's about time we did it the Lord's way. If this is what he says do today, then I'm good with it. Well, don't you need to lay hands on me? No, not if he says not to because I'm not a rock star. You need to receive. The Lord told me to tell you it's time to receive. That means you prefer yourself. You wrap yourself in what he said. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, we bless you, Lord. I pray for everybody in this room. I know we talked very specifically to some people, God, but everybody in this room needs something from you. But Lord, you need something from them, and that's their heart. 
It's their worship. It's their effort. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, nobody, and I do mean nobody, is going to call you out or make you feel bad. Nobody's going to embarrass you or pull you out. I just want you to, if you say, I need Jesus, I just want you to lift your hand up, put it right back down, and we're all going to pray together. As I count to three, if that's you, just lift your hand up right back down if you need Jesus. One, two, three, all across the place. Amen. All right, everybody in this room, we know Jesus, which clears the way for me to say this. If you know Jesus, then you already have your answer. Stop chasing anointings. Stop chasing word of knowledge. Stop chasing all of those things. Those things are chasing you. And you need to get settled and focused where God has placed you. And this is an old school thing that we used to say all the time, but I keep hearing it and I'm gonna say it. The Lord said he's replanting some people, but when he plants you, you grow where you're planted. So Father, I thank you for what you're doing in these people today. In Jesus' name.